and it'll be seven weeks uh, talk, huh? No, talking about the Holy Spirit. She's prompting me. Um, so seven weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. And the thing that hit me from the Holy Spirit this morning while we were worshiping, this is what hit me about this whole series. Um, this is so important for us as a people gathered in God's presence to walk into this series with humility. Mine's with humility. You were expecting from me. So important that we walk into this series with humility. Because what we have, what we will experience gathered in this church for two services for the next seven weeks is people all over the board in relation to the Holy Spirit of God, the, the third part of the Trinity, fully God. We all have lots of different experience. And there'll be those of us coming into this series for whom, like, this is why you're here. I know a number of people in the last couple of months have come to the vineyard and they said, we are here because we want to learn more about the Holy Spirit. I'm thrilled with that. This is going to be great. Those of us who have had encounters with the Holy Spirit, been through seasons of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, read about the Holy Spirit, feel like we're experts on the Holy Spirit. So important that we walk back into humility and say we are beginners. I just want to say that to you this morning. I've had a lot of experience reading about, preaching about, talking about, praying about, facilitating the work of the Holy Spirit. But I feel without a doubt that I walk in today and we are beginners all over again. How can you explain God? It's one of the one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to communicate the reality of God, Father, Son to us as people. But he can't be explained. If he could be explained fully, understood fully, he wouldn't be God. (laughs) So I just want us to walk in, just start right off the bat with humility and say, Holy Spirit, we want to learn. Teach us, all of us. And that is the, the childlike heart that I think the Lord loves to see. And then he just loves to pour out his gifts on humble children who just say, Abba. That's just Aramaic Hebrew for daddy. I need you. Um, you ever been in that situation where you're trying to ex- explain someone you've met to another person? You know, I, I do that a lot with Jane. You know, I'll be in a setting where people don't know Jane, my wife, and I say, she's amazing. And I'll talk for hours. <laughs> but the reality is you don't know Jane until you've met Jane. That's true about everyone, especially about her. It's the, it's the same with the Holy, the Holy Spirit. It's all through the scriptures. Genesis 1 all the way to uh, the end of Revelation. I mean, literally bookending and filling and inspiring the whole um, written word of God. But you can't really know the Holy Spirit until you experience the Holy Spirit. So everything we're going to talk about is in order that we might encounter, experience, be filled with, live in, Walk out in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the purpose of this time together. Not so that you'll go away and say, I know 82 facts about the Holy Spirit. But so that you'll walk away and say, I've encountered the Holy Spirit and I want more. Holy Spirit is like the oxygen of the kingdom. If you're going to stay alive, you can't read about air, right? You actually have to breathe it. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. If you're going to live in the power of God and walk out the fullness of your destiny before the Lord, your truest self 
hidden in Christ with God, experienced out in the world. You'll have to have an encounter ongoing over and over. Paul says, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5. Can't just read or quote verses about the Holy Spirit. You've got to breathe the Spirit of God in and out and in and out throughout your life. Maybe you're familiar with the Holy Spirit from Genesis 1-2. You know, the, 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 earth, the earth was formless and void, and the Spirit was hovering. And then the word of the Lord came. So there's the Spirit and the word. And they work together, as they've always worked together, to form and bring order out of chaos. That's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. Anyone need a little order in their chaos? You don't have to raise your hand, but thank you for doing it. <laughs> Just Christine and I. Okay. (laughs) That's what the Holy Spirit does. Maybe you think of the Holy Spirit as, you know, descending like a dove at Jesus' baptism. It's a beautiful picture. Or rushing into the gathered people of God in Acts chapter 2. And we'll talk about uh, all that happened in Acts chapter 2 when the Spirit birthed the church, the people of God. Who's the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? Uh, Here's a a good uh, three-point zinger for you. The mission of the Holy Spirit is to communicate God's love to us, to initiate God's purpose for us, and to manifest God's presence among us. That's not all the Holy Spirit does. It's just my my three-point, this-will-preach type of a uh, description. The job of the Holy Spirit is to communicate God's love to us, Romans 5.5. Romans 5.5 5 says, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Major job description of the Holy Spirit is to let us know how much we're loved by God. But also to initiate God's purpose for us. You see the Spirit guiding the people all through the New Testament. And then to manifest God's presence among us. Romans 8.16, I just got fascinated by this one. And I didn't, you would think that Nancy and I work out all of our sermons and songs exactly perfectly. We just don't do that. We could, but we don't. But this morning when I heard that Abba, I didn't know we were going to sing that song. But look at this. Romans 8.16, you have received a spirit of adoption when we cry, Abba, Daddy, Papa. Father, it's that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. One of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to remind us, let us know, make sure that we live out the reality of we're adopted. We're his children. Abba, you know, in in just about every, I'm not a language expert, but in just about every Semitic, uh, Persian, or Arabic language group, Something like Abba or Baba is the, the root for father, for daddy. Little Turkish kids, little Iranian kids, little Arab kids, the first words out of their mouth are usually something like Abba in China. It's like, it's like their words are mirroring the, the deepest reality they need to know. I belong to someone. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. If you know that you belong to God this morning, (laughs) the Holy Spirit did a great job. If you don't know it, but you long for it, the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning. It's an invitation. Yesterday, uh, I was sitting in Starbucks with Jericho. Hi, Jericho. 
we were just talking and um, <laughs> we we're just talking. Uh, he came in. We go up. We order our coffees and we're standing in line waiting for our drinks. And uh, a person walks into Starbucks, a person I know, a person who was at this church a long time ago, but not not here presently. And I just greeted them by name. Oh, hi. How are you doing? How's the family? We had a, maybe a minute or two interaction. And the person says to me, I mean, their eyes are kind of big. I just figure it's expectation of caffeine jolt, you know. And the person says to me, um, I dreamt this. Like, what do you mean? They're like, I, I dreamt this, this right here. I said, I had just asked them, oh, where are you at church right now? It wasn't condemning. It just, you know, my sort of, oh, where are you at church? And they said, I dreamt this. I said, you dreamt that someone asked you where you were at church? They said, no, I dreamt that you asked me. That's the Holy Spirit. That is not me perfectly organizing my schedule so that Jericho and I would sit right up and then we'll really get them, right? I had no idea. But what's the, what's, the, what's the job description of the Holy Spirit? Initiate God's purposes in us. Let us know that we belong, that we're loved, and manifest his presence among us. The Holy Spirit was present in the Starbucks line without a doubt. And I, I mean, we, we sat at the table. I laughed. I just like, that's amazing. I couldn't have orchestrated that in a bazillion years. But the Holy Spirit had it all planned out. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's why we'll spend seven weeks talking about the Holy Spirit, because that's good work. That person walked out not condemned, but absolutely fully by God himself invited back into fellowship with the family of God. I love people, but I don't care where they go to church. God can decide where everyone is meant to be, but we've got to be with the body. And the Holy Spirit does that work in us. The Holy Spirit is a person. Okay, this, this, is, this will be the first question on the test. Is the Holy Spirit an it? Answer, no. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is a he. He's not an it. The Holy Spirit has all the characteristics of personhood. So if you look on your piece of paper, I've got a bunch of verses um, uh, listed. I'm not going to read them all because you're able to read them all. If you don't have a Bible in which to read them, take one of these from up on the subwoofers. You're welcome to have one. The Holy Spirit has a mind, Romans 8, 27. The Holy Spirit thinks. The Holy Spirit has knowledge. The Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit has a will. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 is where Paul says, The Spirit gives to each manifestations of the gifts of God as he wills. The Holy Spirit has a will, has desire, has, has intent upon the, the work of God in the world, in your life and through your life. The Holy Spirit leads. The Holy Spirit has affections. The Holy Spirit can be insulted. I don't recommend it. And the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Veering off my notes, let me just give you something. I, it just hits me now, so I'll, someone needs to hear this this morning. There was a long time. Not a long time. There was a, a period of time in my life where I was so scrupulous about my life, so hypervigilant about myself that I was sure that in some way I had committed the unpardonable sin. 
And I, I went to someone and I, I had this sense, I think I've done it. You know, I've grieved the Holy Spirit. I'm the one. <laughs> it's the ultimate pride. But I thought, I'm it. I'm the one. And the per- very wise person said, if you are afraid that you have committed the unpardonable sin, you have not committed the unpardonable sin. The very reality that you're concerned about that shows that you have a passion for God. Man, what freedom that brought me. And I have counseled people with that for years. Because we can get that over hypervigilant, scrupulous, you know, fear. The Holy Spirit is not given to us to bring fear, but to bring the reality that we're adopted and we're loved and we're folded into the arms of a loving Father. The Holy Spirit is sometimes spoken of as the Spirit of Christ or the Spirit of Jesus. Acts 16, that's where Paul is trying to go into Macedonia. He's got a great strategic plan in his human brain. And and the scripture says the spirit of Jesus would not allow us to go. I really wish we knew how that looked for the spirit of Jesus to show up on Paul. It just says the spirit of Jesus would not allow us to go. Eventually, he went to Macedonia, found the Philippians, wrote a letter to him, which is great for us. We get the book of Philippians, but only because the Holy Spirit gave him a dream and said, now it's your time. So the Holy Spirit speaks, guides, described in the New Testament as the paraclete, John 14, 16. Paraclete just means one, uh, two Greek words. This will be fun. Kaleo, to call, para, alongside. Paraclete is just the one who is called alongside, a helper, an advocate, a comforter. Jesus says in the, in the Gospels, he said that God would give us another counselor. And the Greek word for another means in of the same kind. So when Jesus says, I'm going to give you another counselor, announcing the coming of the Holy Spirit, he's basically saying, hey, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to give one just like me. That's the nature of the Holy Spirit. Manifestation, manifestation of Jesus after he left the earth. We get him. We have him. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament mentioned or referred to 88 times in the Old Testament doesn't always say Holy Spirit. It might say Spirit of God. Genesis 1, 1, 2, I won't read it, but you may be familiar with. There's, uh, well, I'll read it because there it is, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void and darkness covered the deep waters and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. I love that verse because it, it puts together the word, your Bible, Jesus, the word and the spirit. And reminds us that we can never divide word and spirit. So as a church, as a people of God, we can never say, well, I just follow the Bible. Or I just follow the spirit. This is us right here. Word and spirit all the way. Ra rah, rah. rah. <laughs> because that's that's where creation came from and that's how formation happens in the life of the believer the word and the spirit the word and the spirit together working in uh, genesis 2 7 the hebrew word for spirit is ruach that's imperfectly said and it's the same word that just means for any person speaking hebrew breath So isn't it interesting when in John 20, when Jesus is 
communicating the Holy Spirit to the disciples, it says he breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It's the breath of God. So that analogy earlier on, like the Holy Spirit is like the oxygen for the Christian, oxygen of the kingdom. It's not just an analogy. Acts 16, Paul says, in him we live and move and have our being. So our breath, this comes from the Holy Spirit. The life within us is the life of God. I don't know how that all works. But there it is in the scriptures for us. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon particular people for particular tasks at particular times. And you can see that all through the Old Testament. Moses, Gideon, Bezalel. Anybody heard of Bezalel? The artists in the second service will all go like this. In uh, Exodus 31, it says that the Spirit came on Bezalel to be able to do all sorts of artistic work. It's one of the reasons that we value the arts so much in the vineyard, because you look at art. Uh, Where is our art? There's art all over the place. (laughs) You look at art, and you see that's a manifestation of the Spirit of God. When, when, when our artists get up on a Sunday or a worship night and they, and they paint, you think, wow, that's amazing. How did they get that? The Holy Spirit has come upon them. When you go to prophetic art over here and, and you sit there and ask them, well, would you, you know, pray for me and see what God says? And they sketch a picture and communicate God's word to you. That's the Holy Spirit. It's not just out of their brain. It's the Holy Spirit upon them, working in and through them. Samson, the Holy Spirit gives him power, and all through the Old Testament, on coming on particular people for particular tasks at particular times. Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. I'm going to read this one because this is the job description of Jesus. In Luke 4, Jesus will come into the temple and announce that he's the Messiah by reading This verse right here, Isaiah 61, 1 to 3, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Job description of the Holy Spirit. He is upon me, Jesus says, for he has anointed me. That basically means smothered me. To bring good news to the poor, he sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. We take that job description of of Jesus anointed by the Holy Spirit because when Jesus came in Luke 4 and said, here's what I'm going to do. Just a few chapters later, he says, now you go do it. And so he commissions the disciples And every disciple through those disciples, that's us. He says, now continue the ministry, my ministry, in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the job description of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't do it alone. He uses us. That's the fun part. So you see in the Old Testament, um, this the work of the Holy Spirit. And in the, after I say into the... um, the deep, the major prophets, and even in the minor prophets, you see this promise of a season of the Spirit, a time of the Spirit, when it would no longer just be on particular people for particular tasks at particular times, but the Spirit would be poured out on all people. And so Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six to 27, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, God 
speaking to his people through the prophet Ezekiel. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you, not on you, in you. And I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees. The Holy Spirit's given to us so that we can follow the guidance of God. This is the promise coming forward that the Holy Spirit would not just be for particular people, times, and tasks, but would be poured out on everyone. Joel chapter 2, you can read that on your own. Joel prophesies a time when the, the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. Then in Acts chapter 2, when Peter stands up at the day of Pentecost and all heaven is breaking loose. People speaking in tongues, people coming to Christ, all manner of Holy Spirit activity. Peter gets up and he says, remember Joel chapter 2? This is that. This was the promise. It's not just for one. It's not just the, the holy man, the holy woman. It's for everyone. He says that the Holy Spirit will not just be on you, but will be in you. Here's how I think of that. Um, Have you ever been on a hike? Let's let's say a long hike, okay? You're you're not going around the block. You're on a long hike, whatever a long hike is for you, okay? You're on a long hike, and it's so long that you need provisions. So you put some things in a backpack. You put a ham sandwich. I don't know what you put in there. You put water, Gatorade, granola bar, whatever it is that you put in your, your provisions. And you're walking. You know, and, and your breakfast is beginning to not, not do the job anymore, and you're beginning to get thirsty, and you're beginning to get hungry. Here's what happens. You take the burden from your back, and you infuse it into your mouth. It goes into your stomach, and what was a burden has become a provision. That's how it worked with the Holy Spirit, from Old Testament to New Testament. We were walking around with this law on our back, got to do it, got to do it, got to do it. And the scriptures say, I'm going to change that. Now I'm going to put that law and that spirit and that new heart, I'm going to put it within you. And rather than being a burden that you carry around, it's going to be provision in life for you. We live in that age where the law is not a burden we have to carry. It's the joy of the Holy Spirit that comes out in us, right? That's pretty good, right? I thought that was pretty good too. That's the promise of the Holy Spirit. Here's the great part. We live in that. We no longer live in that time where we, we, have to, we have to meet the law. Jesus said he fulfilled the law. So the Holy Spirit in the Gospels, when John uh, the Baptist is speaking about Jesus in Luke 3, he says, I-, I baptize you with water, but there is one coming who's going to baptize you. That is, completely immerse, slam dunk, get you soaked with, filled with, overwhelmed by. The Holy Spirit. He also mentions fire. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. So John, the Baptist, who knows Jesus is coming, is saying, now, you know, I'm giving you some water, but, I, but there's one coming who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And that's going to change everything in your life. So Luke 4, 16 to 21, Jesus gets up and proclaims, this is me anointed by the Holy Spirit to preach good news to the poor. This is me anointed by the Holy Spirit to give sight to the blind. This is me anointed by the Holy Spirit to, to say to the, 
to the prisoner's release and to say to the, down, the downcast and the downtrodden, today is the day of God's favor. He's announcing that the kingdom has come. I'll close with John 7, 27, or um, 37 to 39. I talked a little bit about this on Easter because I was talking about Ezekiel 47. But let me, let me set this passage up and then, um, and then read it to you. So it says that Jesus got up at the last day of a great feast. The feast was the Feast of Tabernacles. And very uh, simply, the Feast of Tabernacles happened in the fall. And that feast was uh, remembering the time when Moses struck the rock and water came out. So the Feast of Tabernacles is essentially a thanksgiving for the provision of water, of life that comes through water. And that that festival happened for seven or eight days. And on the last day, the great day of the feast, the priest would go and get some water in in a golden bowl. And he would go to the foot of the temple and he would pour out the water into a little funnel from the temple. Remembering, hearkening back to that time when water was provided for Moses and the people of God. Ezekiel 47, which I talked about last week. Remember the spirit taking us deeper and deeper into the water, which is the river, the presence of God that comes from underneath the temple. Jesus gets up and says this on that last day when the when the priest is pouring out that water from heaven. And he says this, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Jesus is declaring that the promise of Moses, the promise of Ezekiel 47 and all the promises of provision in the Bible would no longer just be in a place. They would now be in a person. They would now be in Jesus himself. But Jesus turns the tables real fast. Because right away he says, hey, you're thirsty, come to me. I've got living water, salvation, healing, everything you need. And real fast he says, and by the way, whoever believes in me, whoever believes in me, are you a whoever? Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being, from the, from the bowels of the spirit within us, will flow rivers of living water. And just to make sure that we don't miss it, John says, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So, I mean, you just, this, is a, this is a big buildup to Jesus declaring, when the Holy Spirit comes, you get it all. You get life, you get healing, you get provision, you get power, you get bonded into the family of God, you get all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you get my love poured into your heart. You get the initiation of my purposes for your life. You get the manifestation of my presence all around you. Jesus says, all we have to do is what? Just believe. That's it. Just believe. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to us who believe. We get it all. No longer on us, but in us. No longer a promise for the future, but a promise right now, a present reality. A filling. And so Galatians 5.25, Paul says, If we live by the Spirit, 
Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So that's, that's, that's a, a brief summary of who the Holy Spirit is and the work of the Holy Spirit. We're going to spend seven weeks talking about how does the Holy Spirit interact with a human person. I'm going to tell a little bit of my story next week. And then in two weeks, Brian Beeson will come and he'll talk us about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't want to miss that. That's going to be awesome. He's a great teacher, a great lover of God, and the Holy Spirit's all over him like a cheap suit. That's good. Let's stand up. And I'm going to have to ask the ministry team to come forward. And Lynn, if you would come and play. I just want to um, invite you this morning to open yourself up to the work of the Holy Spirit. So I'm, I'm going to pray. If you close your eyes, get yourself in a, way, in a place that's comfortable. Um, we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and be who he is, the one who connects us, the one who manifests among us. And we're just going to wait. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that we do not have to beg you to come because you're here. And we don't need to wait for you to come and do your work because you're in us and you're doing your work. But I ask, Lord, that you would give us awareness of your Holy Spirit now. And I think that the Lord would ask us this morning, every one of us this morning, my child, are you willing to open your heart to everything that I want to do in and through you by the Holy Spirit? started singing that about the with the prodigal coming back to the father um i had a had a picture of a of a bare leg and a bare foot and then i saw like a ruby slipper coming on like the ruby slippers and i was like i don't understand this and sometimes the holy spirit gives us pictures in our heads and it's it's just you kind of have to wait and see what what he means and ask him lord what what do you mean and so then she started singing that, and then I thought, oh, I get it. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. So if, if you have been feeling like you, you've been in the pig pen, you've been agreeing with lies, and it, you, you don't know how you can get out, I just want to encourage you. I think the Lord today wants to um, offer to, I mean, I think he wants to help us to, to come back to the Father because there's no place like home, and you're, it's available. He wants to help you. Come. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So if that's you, I urge you to come forward and just come and be, be present in the front. I need a few people, more people on the ministry team. So if you've been through the ministry team training, just come on forward. And I'm going to pray. 
and I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit to, to, uh, to do his work. And then some of the ministry team is going to come out and just begin to pray for you as we wait in God's presence. So Holy Spirit, come and do your work now among us. Come and speak your words to us. Come and release your presence among us. Come and manifest yourself in all your love and all your power and all your glory among us. Okay, if you'd like someone to pray for you related to that uh, coming home, then come on forward. Otherwise, I need more ministry team people. Ron, would you come? Laura, would you come? Nancy and John, could you guys come up? I'm just going to release the ministry team to go and begin to pray for people. See what the Holy Spirit is doing. I feel the Spirit saying that, like Randy was talking about the uh, oxygen, that we should, everybody here should take a breath through their nose and hold it for a for a few seconds and then breathe out through your mouth let that spirit just flow through your whole body don't breathe in and out through your nose breathe in through your nose and out through your through your mouth i just believe that's uh, a word from the lord doing something around you, then just begin to pray for one another. So I I love what Ron said, and at the same time that I was breathing in through my nose, breathing out through my mouth, I heard in my mind, which I think is probably God's spirit, this is weird. (laughs) This is so weird. You're kidding. Because I think that's probably a common thing when something's new for all of us. So if in your mind, this is weird, this is new, I just felt like God wanted to remind us that he is so patient and so gets right where we are. And so there's no shame or running away. There's just, wow, this is weird. Okay, God, I'm not even going to do that thing, but okay. Um, And I just feel like he wants us to remember he gets it. (laughs) 